Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 62, Totally Talking Sports. Uh, Kyle and myself back at it again. Uh, it's been a good week of football for us. Uh, pretty good week in sports, I'd say, just kind of in general. Um, it's going to be one episode this week. We're going to get into to the games from Wild Card Weekend before we talk about divisional games. Um, I have a topic. It's about the AP polls. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but before we kick off any, I just unmuted it to cough. I don't nice. Fucking <laughs> like idiot. Okay. Uh, but before we get into anything, Kyle, how are you? I'm doing all right, my man. Um, I actually feel I actually feel really good. That's you know, cool. uh, health wise, which yeah. is as everyone knows a fucking rarity. Yeah. Um, but other than that, nothing too crazy. Um, we just had our Christmas. I know we talked about this before in the past. Mm-hmm. But a man's family comes down every like to, uh, like second week ish of January, and then we celebrate Christmas then with that fam- like with her side of the family. Yeah, um, it was dope. Nice. Um, so she got me a mini fridge for my oh, office. Yeah. Um, she also hit me with a whole decked out pretty much outfit for the Oregon Ducks. Oh, so I got me. a brand new a brand brand new uh, sweatshirt. Oh yeah, a beanie, socks, um, hella clutch. Um, I got a Packers T shirt that's just a dark like forest green. With just the cheesehead logo on it, which I love because I can wear that. Um, cheesehead, you know, yeah, you know, like when it's not when it's not even football season, I can wear yeah. that and feel confident. You know, I'm not going to go walking down the street on an you know in August wearing yeah. a Packers jersey. I'm just not going to do it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, got some other gifts, and then I'm putting some stuff in the car. Come back, she hits me with a little surprise. Um, she got me an Oculus too. Oh, so, fuck. yeah. Um, she went all out this year. I got her like perfume. Uh, so I think she outdid me a little bit this year. Um, but, uh, Oculus, dude, it, it is fucking sick. Um, yeah, I downloaded yeah, the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I downloaded the Patrick Mahomes, uh, like fucking experience or whatever it's called on there. Um, so you could be quarterback, dude. It is the dopest game you've ever played for 30 seconds. And then it's the same exact routes, and you just do the same exact arm motion, and then you're sounds throwing, like, 12 tutties a game. Yeah, it sounds so, good. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was fun. Like, I'm probably going to keep it just because when I feel like slinging tutties, that's how I do it. So, yeah, I feel like an NFL um, quarterback. Yeah, dude. I'm feeling like a fucking absolute stud out there. My whole team's gathering around me because I just won them the game. We're up. I mean, they're acting like I, I did a last, you know, two-minute comeback in the fourth quarter. But the score is 87 to 30. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I'm just – I'm a phenom out there. What can I say? Um, but other than that, dude, um, I've been good um, working from home this entire week. It is the shit, dude. I love it. Um, I would too. You know, couple, yeah, a couple cons, you know. Like, I, I like interacting with, you know, my coworkers every day and everything like that. But being able to wake up 30 minutes before work to get ready is clutch. Being able to stay up a little bit later because you don't have to wake up extra early is clutch. Yeah. Being able to work in your PJs is clutch. Being able to make yourself snacks from your own kitchen throughout is the clutch. day. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, exactly. It's the tits, dude. So um, right now I'm a happy camper. Uh, but what about you? How you been? Um, you passed your sickness on to me like a week later, but oof. Yeah, I don't know. I, I woke up today and just felt like shit. So, oh, oh no. 
it's all good. I went to work. It progressively got worse and I was just dealing with it. Um, like by the end of the day, the station I was sitting at, there's just a direct beam of sunlight right into my eyes. <laughs> and I was just sitting there already dying. Now I was blind. Um, so it was, it was a great way to end the week. Um, but I'm, I'm all right. I'll survive. I'll survive. Um, I think it's karma. Cause I called out on Friday, even though I wasn't sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think my body was just like instant karma. Well, not even instant karma. It was like, you know, go fuck yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm all right. I'll survive. Uh, but the week overall was pretty fine. Got slammed on Tuesday, had a good, you know, nice three day, well, four day weekend. Um, didn't do anything really just kind of been hanging out. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's get into some Kyle sports news. We did not know we cared about. Whoa. Hold on. Before we even hit that, um, you left out a key detail. Um, your girlfriend, Posted what adorable pics of you guys oh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, were those we, the pictures? Yeah, those were the pictures. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. They, we did all absolutely that yeah, absolutely movies. melted my heart. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm gonna screenshot those, crop them down till they look right, and I'm gonna post it on our Instagram profile so everybody can beat their meat to how cute you guys are as a couple. Okay, just me though. And so. yeah, I was about to say, and take that as you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right after I said it, I went. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of, yeah, that was a little weird. Um, all right. Yeah, so jumping into this week's college sports news that you did not know that you cared about. <clears throat> Kick it off with the NFL. Um, NFL, one thing um, that, again, we've been talking about this. I feel like every sport is starting to do it now. Um, so unvaccinated players will now no longer be held to their um, COVID testing requirements. They will now be blending in just like the vaccinated players. Um, so about 95% of the NFL's players and staffs are vaccinated. So it's a very small amount that is not. However, they were having to test regularly. Now it's only testing if you have symptoms. So they went, you know what? <clears throat> it's hitting everybody. And we want games to play. So yeah. let's yeah, let's just do your thing. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, he had the 90-day clearance. Um, of not having to get tested because he had COVID. Yep. And apparently it's almost up. But I did not know that, that was three months ago that he got sick. Yeah, I didn't think it was that I, long ago either. Totally yeah, like I, a month yeah, where's, ago. T- where's, t- where's time? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I mean, we got a couple uh, big headlines. Uh, Derek Henry, he's going to be playing yep. um, on Saturday. Right, he has a Saturday game at twelve. He'll be playing against the Bengals. Ah, man, I don't know, man. Coming back from a broken foot—that's just scary. Yeah, and it's like if this was week fifteen and they were putting him in, week fourteen and putting him in, I'd be like, okay, yeah, he's one hundred percent healthy. But the fact that it's playoffs, I'm worried they're just trying to rush it. Or he's trying to rush it. Exactly. So I I don't know. I don't know. We will, we will, we will see how that how that plays out. I'm um, taking over to NBA. I got nothing too much on this. I didn't know if you had seen something crazy, but I got a couple things. Um, Cousins signs with the Nuggets on a 10-day contract. You want to explain that for me? Yeah, so essentially the NBA has contracts <clears throat> that are – it's so it's 10 days, and if they like what you did, then you can sign another 10-day, or they can just sign you to a contract. It's essentially like a prove-it deal, but on a shortened 
like schedule. So it's not like you have to play a whole season on a shitty contract. It's like, we're going to sign you for two or three games, play those two or three games. If we like what you did, probably sign you to another 10 day contract, play another two or three games. If we like what you did, we'll sign you for the rest of the season. Okay. I did not even know that was like a thing. So that is also good to know now. Um, And then LeBron surges ahead of Curry in all-star voting. Good. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't know that LeBron was having that good of a season to where he would be out beating Curry in an all-star voting. It's LeBron, so he should normally be at the top. Um, but as far as this season, I mean, he's carrying a shitty-ass Lakers team. I feel like he's doing his damnedest to make them good. He's second in the league in points right now. Um, so he's averaging 28.8 points per game. Uh, with 7.6 rebounds, 6.4 assists. So he deserves to be up there. Mike's muted. Yep, Mike's muted. There we go. Uh, well, that's good. I didn't know he was doing that well, so that's good to hear. Um, I mean, yeah, because like you said, the Lakers just have not been looking um, too good. So maybe he was just flying a little bit underneath my radar, and I didn't understand just how well he was doing. But there's that. <clears throat> Moving over to NHL. Um, Anaheim Ducks head coach Eakins test positive for COVID-19. Nice. Uh, so he'll be out for a little bit here. Um, but again, they reduced theirs down to five days. So it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I think he's only going to miss like two or three days. Um, big, big news. NHL plans to end their regular season on time in April. Um, even though they've had so a countless people. amount of postponements, um, they decided during that three week, off time that they had scheduled for the Olympics. But for those of you guys that didn't know, the uh, National Hockey Players Association voted that none of them are allowed to play in the Olympics this year. So in those three weeks, you know, we had talked about it. Like, man, like all these stadiums and like arenas, sorry, that they were planning on playing in, or not planning on playing in, I guess, rather. You know, they have other things going on, concerts and yada, yada, yada. So we didn't really think this would work out. And I don't know all the details, but they are planning to have in those three weeks, 95 scheduled NHL hockey games. That's a lot. Uh, Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be really um, kicking the the shit out of each other for, yeah, for three weeks. Um, So that was pretty crazy to hear because I thought they would at least, you know, maybe fit in like 40, you know, but pretty much fit in every single postponed game that they had. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's cool you know, cause it does kind of help them out now to being able to end on the same time, but you know, we're only pretty much halfway through the season. So we still have plenty of time for most more postponements. So if they wouldn't have done this, it probably would have ended in like fucking July or something. Yes. It would have been like forever to try and make up all of those. All right. And then jumping over now to um, UFC. So in UFC, we got big pay-per-view coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit. Dude, it's Friday. Um, big, big pay-per-view coming up tomorrow. We got UFC 270. We got Francis Naganu defending his heavyweight title against Interman heavyweight champ, Cyril Ghosn. Um, I think this one's going to be, I don't know. It definitely has the potential to be a lot of fireworks. I just think Cyril Ghosn is very, very technical. Yeah. So I feel like he does have the edge. He actually is the favorite for this fight. <clears throat> um, but just Naganu is such an animal, dude. Um, where, you know, Stipe beat the shit out of Nagano pretty much the first time they fought because he was able to control him and take him down and pretty much have his way with him. 
And then everyone said, wow, Francis Ngannou is the baddest person to ever walked this earth because he was able to stop Stipe, who was at the time known as the greatest heavyweight that's ever been in the UFC because he had four title defenses. But, <clears throat> I mean, he caught him with a perfect punch. You know, Stipe thought he was rocked, so he went to go jump in, put his hands down, was going to fucking try and hit him, and then Ngannou caught him, dropped him, beat him. It's like I'm not saying that Nagano is not an animal and not that, you know, and that he can't defend it because he obviously definitely can. But I think people just hyped up on that train too fast. I personally think Gone is going to take this one. I don't know how you feel about it. I feel the same way. I think that it's Cyril Gone. <clears throat> I love Francis Ngannou and I think it has potential to be an amazing fight. But with heavyweights, heavyweights aren't the fighters that are going to throw hammers back and forth and still stay up right like like that's yeah. for like slightly you know uh lower weight classes um like I, light heavyweight and and even like bantam you know all of the other weight classes essentially they can stand and bang and and the guys will both be there with heavyweights it never happens because if you get caught by a dude that weighs 300 pounds you're not <laughs> standing up <laughs> so yeah when he puts everything that he, i mean just look at me dude he's an absolute monster of a person so yeah I, I couldn't even imagine what it would i mean it would, it would kill me i mean that's that, that would be me imagining it would be him killing me with one punch yeah and then now for the second fight we got brandon moreno versus um figuereta oh yeah yeah dude i think this again has potential to be an absolute amazing fight i oh, think man. the first fight was obviously i think that one one fight of the year or it was a runner-up i can't Pretty remember sure, fully dude. but but it was a dynamite fight that ended in a draw. And I just think Figueroa, like, let it get to his head or under, like, underestimated him somehow, even though he put on an amazing fight. Because Moreno came out and he had his way with Figueroa every single second of the fight and finished him with a uh, rear naked, I believe. So I think Moreno's going to defend this. Um, I definitely think Figueroa has the capabilities to do it because I, I lost the fight. I said, hey, if I, was, if I had to put my money on it, if I had to put my life savings on this fight, I picked Figueroa because he was a world-class talent, dude. Like, he, I wouldn't – I didn't see him losing anytime soon, like, soon. And even after that big fight ending in a draw, I went, okay, well, Figueroa knew what he did wrong, and he'll come back and tweak it. Well, it was exactly the opposite, and Moreno had his way with him. So, um, I think Moreno is going to not have his way with him. I'm predicting, like, a third-round, fourth-round finish, but I think it's going to be a much better fight than fight two. Yeah, I think it would be much better than fight two. Um, I would love to see Figueredo win just so that this could go to four um, to actually <sighs> determine. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously with most trilogies, it ends after three because you have someone that's up two to one. Wouldn't be the case here if Figueredo won because they drew the first time. So I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. And then you can get a fourth fight out of it that's actually a legitimate fourth fight and not just a cash grab. Um, yeah. So I think that'd be cool. But I, I do think Moreno will defend his belt. He's he, – especially with how he looked in the last fight. And typically, I mean, if, if a guy gets a belt like that, like he's going to come out defending it very aggressively for his first time. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. And the third fight is going to be Perea versus Andre Fialo. Sure. Um, I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, they're both welterweights. Perea is the pretty heavy favorite on this one, but I mean, Andre is 14 and three. Uh, he's an absolute stud. And I think he definitely has what it's going to take to be able to defeat Perea. But I think Perea is just way more experienced in the UFC. And so I think that's why he's probably the favorite on this one. 
Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Andre took him out. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea here, Kyle. Uh, this is this is where, <laughs> this is this is about where my knowledge of UFC goes drops off because I don't know who either of these guys are. Um, so I would just take the heavy favorite because I imagine he's a heavy favorite for a reason. All right, I like it. Um, fourth fight, we got Cody Stammen, Stammen um, versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yes, it's Habib. It's got to be Habib's cousin. You know how to say it. Yeah, right? yeah. Kyle. No, yeah, yeah. It's. I don't know how to say Habib's last name. It's Nurmagomedov. Oh, fuck, yeah, dude. I call Habib <laughs> every single time I ever mention that guy. I've never said his last name once. But, yes, I was going to say, he is related to Habib. Um, he is the favorite. And, I mean, I think, obviously, it's just because he's – I mean, he's also 14-2. and two. But, again, these guys, I don't know, man. They're building up the resumes with nobodies. So, is he legit? I don't know. We'll have to see. It'll be a nice little bantamweight fight, though. Um, Habib's legacy is just going to keep living throughout everybody that he is related to or trains for, trains with. And then to kick off the main card, we got Trevin Giles versus Michael Morales. Michael Morales, 12 and 0. Um, he's slightly the favorite on this one. I don't, I think this is, this has potential to be fight of the night. Um, there are two absolute studs in the welterweight division. Welterweight is one of my favorite weight classes because they're able to stand and bang. They got speed, they got power. Um, but these guys are both good on the ground. They're both good with stand-up. I feel like they're both pretty well-rounded. So, I mean, I'm going to go with Morales. I mean, 12-0, it's hard to go against him. Yep. But I don't know too much about these guys. Um, I just know that they are good. And I, I've seen them fight before. I just don't know enough about them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't do this this fight card, though. Like, for how they've been stacking so many yeah. for so long in 2022 or 2021, Um this one was kind of like weird. Like it was like, like you said, you're like, all right, this is kind of where I'm backing off. Cause you know, you didn't really know anybody from like fight three, fight four, fight five for the most part. Yeah. I thought it'd be nothing but fucking big name people again, but I don't know. We'll see. So that one is going to be uh, what I would assume is going to be absolutely dominant. It wasn't Greg Hardy supposed to be on this card. Yeah. Yeah. So that is also true. It was a lot of things were moved around. So it was supposed to be Derek Lewis versus um uh fucking uh cannoneer but then cannoneer got injured or something happened with him and that's why Derek lewis ended up fighting uh what's his bucket docus docus yes exactly and then um yeah greg hardy was supposed to fight some other guy but i remember i was voting for the other guy because we all hate greg hardy so yeah fuck um that. but yes yeah you are correct though so i'm actually now looking like a fucking idiot and i'm gonna Backstep and say they actually had that plan. It just didn't work out that way. But even then, uh, Greg Hardy on that card doesn't make that card great. Like it's like no. You're watching it to see Greg Hardy get his ass beat. <laughs> so. No, ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then jumping over onto golf. Uh, last weekend we had the Sony Open in Hawaii. Um, coming off of that win at the one before that, the Century Champions Tournament was. Um, oh my god, dude. I'm sorry. It's been a long fucking day at work. Who fucking uh, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith won that one. Hey, good for him. So I was like, all right, he's going to be going into this one probably as the favorite. Well, he didn't do so hot. And when I say so hot, like he, I, I can't even find him on this fucking list. He didn't do that good at all. Um, but Matsuyama came away with the win. So um, I'm, I like Matsuyama. So, hey, good on him. 
they they went into a tie. They went to overtime. They played hold 18 again. Matsuyama shot three, and uh, Russell Henley shot a six. So way to way to win that one in overtime. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't have anything um, huge on college sports news this week. Did you have anything else to add? I know I'm probably missing something. Um, Bruce Arians got fined 50K for um, slapping a player upside the helmet. It was very, very soft for a $50,000 fine, but they did find him because he, it was uh, like Jalen Rager muffed a punt. And then this dude was trying to pull guys off the pile, which obviously is a 15 yard penalty. And Bruce Arian saw him do it and he came up and he's old. So he was probably trying to like swing on the guy, but he just kind of stumbled in and, you know, bopped him upside the head. Um, and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> he got fined 50 K for it. Um, and then along with fines uh, in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets got fined 25 K. Yeah, yeah. Because their dumbass assistant coach just decided to stick his hand on the court and deflect a pass. I don't think they should have fined the team. I think they should have fined the refs and then find the assistant coach that fucked up. Um, the team had nothing to do with it. They, they were just there. They were just yeah. playing basketball. Like, find, like finding the organization doesn't make sense to me. Find the ref for being fucking stupid and not seeing <laughs> all of them for not seeing the ball got tipped by a fucking coach. Um, those are the only two things that I can immediately think of, though. So, All right, then, yeah, that wraps it up for me for uh, this week's sports news. All right, let's jump right into wild card weekend. And what a wild card weekend it was. Not really. There were like three good games, um, which is kind of what we expected, right? I mean, when we were talking about it, we, I think, agreed that the Raiders Bengals should have been one of the primetime games. We yep. knew the Niners Cowboys should have been one of the primetime games. And then we thought the Cardinals Rams should have been primetime. And even yeah. then, it wasn't. So there were really only two good games the entire weekend. Uh, but we'll kick it off with Raiders Bengals. Um, now this one, very close, very very close. Great game, back and forth. Raiders do their best, do their damnedest to make a great comeback um, on the road, and just fall short. Uh, but the biggest story coming out of this game is obviously the officiating. Um, and I just think that both teams have an argument. Like, I understand that the inadvertent whistle, you know, maybe threw off the Raiders defense or whatever. Um, and you can make an argument, oh, the play should have been stopped for the inadvertent whistle. But on the same side for the Bengals, they could say, well, if you stop the play for an inadvertent whistle, like you just took a touchdown away from us. That was obviously a good touchdown. Like, I think that refs need to like figure out, I thought they were doing a decent job of it, but they need to figure out if you have any question about whether the play is over or not, don't blow your whistle. Like let the play keep happening. And then when it comes to another end, blow the whistle, you can always go back and look at the first instance and see if it actually was over there or not, but you can't continue after you end a play, obviously. So um, I think overall fantastic game. Uh, Derek Carr made some great effort to make a comeback. I thought the Bengals were going to have this game way easier. Um, Same. But, you know, it ended up being a great game. Kyle, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, so, again, it comes down to that call. And, I mean, that's 
like you said, I mean, there, like there's obviously the argument where, for, yeah, we're going by the technical rules. It should have been blown dead. You know, they blew the whistle. Play is dead at that point. Um, it's just bullshit, though. I, to me, I think it played out just how it should have because that whistle should not have happened in the first place. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't out of bounds. You thought he was going to be out of bounds, so you inadvertently blew the whistle, and then you chuck it, and it's a touchdown. And they're saying, oh, well, I stopped running to, to block him because you blew the whistle. Ah, no, he already had a lead on you. Um, and, yeah, it ended up being a wide-open touchdown, but I don't know. Do people say, oh, that shouldn't count, that shouldn't count? No, that's Raiders fans going, oh, well, technically, well, technically, no, 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 technically, it should have been blown dead. No, they – they know that was a touchdown. Yeah. And if if it was if it was flipped and that was Derek Carr running the sideline and threw it right before he came out and had that touchdown, they'd be like, nah, nah, nah fuck that. It shouldn't have been blown. So um it was a good game. It was a great game. Technically, yeah, the play should have been called dead. But the whistle should have never even happened in the first place. So for the like you said, the Bengals to get robbed of a touchdown because an official made a mistake. Yeah. Like that would be even that'd be way worse in my opinion. That'd be be way worse. So um that I mean that's just a touchy subject. Everyone's going to have their opinions on it, but I mean that's mine pretty much aligned up with yours. Um but other than that, yeah, I mean it was a great game, dude. Like you said, I, I thought it would be a little bit more of a offensive like battle. Yeah. I thought it'd be more than 26, I thought it'd be more than 19, but I mean dude, Jamar Chase 116 yards and no touchdown. I mean that that adds it up right there. That would have been thirty four, you know, thirty-three. So Jamar Chase, absolute stud. Joe Burrow coming in and he's looking like he's going to be one of the greats to play the game, dude. He's looking so good, so calm and collected, even in these uh real tough situations. So Bengals, well, you know, yeah, we'll get into that game next, but yeah. Yeah, but <clears throat> I also wanted to talk about the end of game situation because I text Chad after it where when it happened. Um, and obviously Derek Carr throws a, a pick on the last play of the game. And uh, Chad, Chad told me like he was upset because the ball wouldn't even have been in the end zone, even if it would have gotten to Zay Jones, like he wasn't in the end zone. Yeah. So it was like, okay, sure. But I was confused as to why they spiked it on first down. And I text you guys that too, because there yeah, was like 38 seconds left. And I was like, you just wasted a play. And, like, with 38 seconds left, you can run two plays and cut that distance from the nine-yard line in half, like, and try to get a little bit more creative with it from, like, four yards out. Or maybe you get to the two-yard line or something. Like, you don't know what could happen, you know. And then you can come up and spike it on second down. And now there's, like, oh, there's 11 seconds left. Yeah, but you only have to run two plays. Like, giving yourself 38 seconds to run three plays is stupid. That's way too much time for each play. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I see where you're going because do you remember where, like where what yard line they were on? They were at the nine yard line. See, yeah, it was I'll way down there. Up, but yeah, no, 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 that, that's true. Because so this was again, these were on the Saturdays, and that Saturdays like when we had our Christmas mm-hmm. and stuff. So we, had, so we had a lot going on. I wasn't able to see like the entirety of the game. Yeah, but I do remember that was I couldn't remember if it was past the ten yard line or not where they were able to get another first down i couldn't remember so the nine yard line then yeah i mean that makes sense then why would you give yourself 38 seconds and now three plays instead of you could have had four plays yeah yeah and and even even snap the ball 
and try to run something. And if it's not there, throw it out of bounds, throw it out the back of the end zone. And it's the same thing. But it's not like you were going to waste so much time that it would have ended. You 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 didn't lose a play because of how much time that first down would have taken. It just it just seemed like not the best clock management. Um, And obviously, I don't think know if it would have made a difference in the end because the Bengals defense was able to pretty much lock up all of the wide receivers for, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier when you know they have to throw the ball and they have to throw it into the end zone, right? You can drop eight into coverage yeah. and cover the entire end zone. So it makes it difficult anyways, but would have liked to have seen them run another play, get a little closer, make it a little more interesting, but is what it is. Bengals move on, sets up the, uh, or no, move into the Saturday night game, which was just pathetic. Um, I mean, oh my I, God. I thought the Bills were going to win, but did not think they would embarrass the Patriots like this. Hell no. I didn't see it going down like that. Like, I mean, you set aside Josh Allen having, you know, a, a Madden statistical game. Yeah, more touchdowns than in, incompletions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unreal. They had seven touchdowns on seven possessions, technically eight possessions, but the last one was Denis and win the game. Yeah. It was the first team ever in playoff history to have seven touchdowns with no turnovers and no punts. Uh, Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. And in that same game, have the Patriots block two extra points. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I've seen an extra point get blocked, let alone two of them in the same game. I mean, so it should have been 49-17, but uh, that was just, that was just a hell of a weird to me, but I mean, they were averaging almost two touchdowns a quarter. I mean, that Josh Allen, dude, what the fuck? What an absolute stud. Yeah. Um, Devin Singletary, dude, he's starting to prove that he is going to be their running back plan, I guess. Um, he's not the elite running back that we would have had imagined, um, or, I mean, he still isn't what we imagined, but he's getting the job done for them, and he's creating a running game for them Absolutely. that wasn't there. It was their only real position, like on offense. I feel like they were really lacking, yep. and now they found something to to patch it. You know, we've always said running backs are disposable, so why don't you go out and get yourself a Devin Singletary to help fill that get that hole? And that's exactly what's happening. So, um, Bills, wow, yeah, that that game caught me so off guard. Yeah, so that's that's the biggest thing for me. I think the Bills these last couple of weeks have figured out how to have a balanced offense because they've had Josh Allen obviously every fucking game for the last however you know two or three years where he just you expect him to go off, um, but they never had balance to the offense to where they could expect okay we can keep the defense on their toes because they have with the run game keeps them honest. The run game did not keep them honest for the last two and a half years. So it was like, okay, we can just play the pass. And if they run the ball, they'll probably get three yards and then they'll give up and throw the ball again. Um, But now if you have to actually prepare for Devin Singletary to run the ball, it makes things a lot more complicated for defenses. I think that's exactly why they were able to just bully the Patriots all game is because they never knew what was coming as opposed to, you know, however many weeks ago or when I guess when they played in Buffalo and you knew they were running the football because it was a fucking blizzard. It was like, all right, cool. We can just stop the run every fucking play. And that's why the Bills had to throw the ball way more than the Patriots did. But even these last couple of weeks, the Bills have looked so good because they looked balanced. I don't know if it's the play yeah. calling. I don't know if it's the offensive line's more motivated or what it is. Um, I think Brian Dable is putting together a great resume to try to become a head coach. So 
He's trying to put everything he can on paper to get the best job he can, and I don't blame him. Uh, but it makes the Bills look very scary going into the divisional round. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. And, I mean, we'll – fuck, I keep trying to jump ahead. Okay, yeah, next game. <laughs> next game, uh, Eagles-Bucks, we don't need to talk about because it's what you expected. Um, I, that's yeah. literally all I have. <laughs> I don't know what, what else there is to talk about in this game. Um, the Eagles and the Bucks. Tom Brady looked great. Bucks offense looked great. Bucks defense looked great. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. Same thing that we've known going for the past mm-hmm. for the whole season, and we knew it going into this game, and nothing changed. So, and it was like I said last week. Dude, I just had this weird feeling about the Eagles, where I was like, I was like, man, I don't know what it is. There's just something about the Eagles. I'm getting this weird feeling in this game, and we both talked about it last week. It's just like, yeah, but the Eagles are not that team. No, like yeah, yeah, there might be like an upset, but they are not the team that if I'm like, Oh, I got a weird feeling to, to really rely on. So I'm thinking that's my guess is that the weird feeling I had about the Eagles was that they were going to get absolutely blown out. That that's what I have factored into. Cause I felt like something weird was going to happen in this game. And I mean, being up 31 to zip going into the fourth, that's definitely doesn't happen every day. So yeah, maybe, I'm just going to go with that's what my, uh, my sixth sense was about. Yeah, it being a 16-point game was, you know, misleading because it was way worse than that. And the Bucs just kind of let them score twice at the end. Yeah, of the I, I was going to say, I texted my dad. I was like, hey, you know, great win, obviously. And he texted me back and was like, yeah, sloppy fourth, but, you know, happy we got the win. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but, Dad, I, I think they were like, they oh, weren't trying. oh he's, he's open. Uh, well, I'm not going to, like, dive or risk getting injured to make, you know, stop that play. So, yeah, sure, let him run. Let him run. Yeah, exactly. You know, so also, uh, they, they still had to have gotten 16 more points, and it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I, remember, I remember texting you guys, whoa, is this happening? You're like, no, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, no, obviously, but yeah, no, yeah, other than that, no notes. Yeah, okay. Uh, so then we'll move on to probably the game of the week, if I had to pick one. Oh, um, my God. Niners-Cowboys. Um, I would like to point out that I got this right. I would like to point out that I went perfect on my picks because of this game. Um, Cause all the other ones were pretty easy to pick. I feel like um, obviously Raiders Bengals a little bit closer than we all thought, but um, yeah, Niners Cowboys. Uh, I think the Niners just let the Cowboys back into this game. I don't even think like that's what happened. They let the Cowboys back into this game because they should have won this game by 30 with how they started. And Jimmy Garoppolo they- just does Jimmy Garoppolo things. So, so that's that's kind of where I was at with it as well, right? Because I remember us talking about it and took the Cowboys because I was like, you know, I think they're going to win. I was like, but as long as they can turn on the fire underneath the offense, and they couldn't. Nin- Niners didn't give them any room to work with here, except I mean, like, yeah, yeah, kind of the fourth, but again, dude, I, I've not been wrong about any team this season as much as probably the fucking Niners. And I still don't think they're that good. I don't think they should have even won that game. I think the Cowboys were just that dog shit. The Niners won. Jimmy G is not the guy. Hmm. Jimmy G is not their guy. I don't care if they get to the Super Bowl. Jimmy G is not their guy. Because I don't think they're that good. They're just too damn inconsistent. They're just too damn inconsistent. Their, their D-line is good. Their D-line puts a lot of pressure and gets really nasty up in there. Even when Bosa went out with his concussion, they were still putting 
um, pressure on Dak. But, dude, they just they could not get their offense going. They couldn't do anything. And then to have it end the way it did, like I was upset because I was like, damn, like I wanted the Cowboys to win because I didn't want to play the Niners. Yeah. Just plain and simple. I didn't want to play the Niners. They Much always have our number every time we play them. So I was like, I don't want to play them. And But just for it to end the way that it did, which I'm sure we'll get into in a second, but it was just perfect. I'm like, I feel like that's how the Cowboys should have lost. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, I, I don't agree with you on the Niners because I think that their defense is fantastic. I think they have holes, as every team does, right? Their biggest hole is in their secondary, and you would think the Cowboys would be a team that could take advantage of that especially because the Cowboys have a very good offensive line. So they should have been able to hold up against the pass rush to then be able to take advantage of the poor secondary. They just couldn't for whatever reason. I don't really know, but Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa was wrecking havoc all game, right? Like the entire game. Um, And when he wasn't getting there, someone else was like, they dialed up pressure at the right times. I thought the Cowboys, like I thought this game would have been this close, but when I watched the first quarter and really the first half i was like oh yeah no niners got this in the bag easily like this is yeah. not even the contest and then obviously jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy but i really think that it sucks because the niners are going to go to trey lance and suck next year they are like that's what's going to happen i i truly think they're going to lose to the packers this week and then they're going to say bye jimmy g because there's no reason to keep finishing mediocre or making it to the playoffs and thinking that's good enough so they're going to let Jimmy G go, maybe trade him, try to get a secondary piece or, you know, something along those lines. Um, there's some draft picks and then go to Trey Lance. And then it's Trey Lance. He's not going to win immediately. It's going to take him at least two years, I would say, to really establish himself and be good. Um, and if that happens, like they're going to suck for two years and it, they're in limbo because they have a roster that, could contend for a title if they had an actual good quarterback and a good secondary. It's just rough, but that's my, that's my opinion. That's my thought, but we'll talk about the end of the game because uh, the Cowboys are just stupid. Right. And so another, another, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Another thing that factored into me picking the Niners is because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs and the Cowboys haven't been good in the playoffs since Troy Aikman played there. So yeah. True go ahead and give me the Niners. I don't care if the Cowboys are at home. I don't care if the matchup looks like it favors the Cowboys. They're the Cowboys. They're not going to do jack shit in the playoffs. Um, And of course they call the run play with what there was like 14 seconds left. I think And they called. Um, Yeah. 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 I think it was, I thought it was 19, but yeah. Yeah. Probably it was 14. It was 14 because I remembered watching, like I watched like other like former coaches talk about in the same situation and their number was 18. They were like, if it's under 18 seconds, we wouldn't have done that because that's the amount of time we had figured that we needed. So the Cowboys running it with 14, it was like, you're cutting it real goddamn close. And then obviously they don't do what they need to, to get the ball set up. They just thought that the center could snap it for, from where he wanted yeah. I know that's the stupidest shit. Like, it's like no, 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 no. It, it was right here. Go ahead and snap it. And like, and that, and that's that's a huge error on Dak's part. You are this experienced quarterback. You know you cannot just go hand it to your center and hike the ball. You know that's not how it works. So it's a huge error on his part. 
And I mean, I didn't know about the 18 second rule, but it makes sense. Like you don't run a quarterback draw on when you have no timeouts trying to win the game. You just don't do it. Yeah. You can get a significant game like he did, but it still would have been a, was it 20 to 30 yards to the end zone? It would have been like the 25. That's what they said. It was like, We'd rather they Mike McCarthy said he would have rather had one shot at the end zone from 25 yards out than take a shot from 50 trying to, you know, get a Hail Mary down there. Yeah, which makes total sense. But I don't think you should be doing a halfback draw to try and get there with no fucking timeouts. And but again, it comes down to the yeah, exactly. You you didn't give yourself a chance to get the out like the outside, get on the out of bounds or or anything like that. But again, it comes down to the major error, in my opinion, of Dak just trying to hike it straight. And I mean, I think he ran a little too far, a little too long. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, he ran too far for too long. And then it's on, I think it's on Dak and the center. So the center is supposed to be, you know, quarterback of the offensive line. They're supposed to, you know, no protection. They're supposed to know who's coming, call things out, know the entire yeah. scheme, right? That's the job of a center. That's why having a great center is so invaluable. And Zach Martin is a very good center for the Cowboys. I am shocked that he didn't know that the official, the umpire had to touch the ball. Right. And everyone's trying to roast the umpire, you know, and be like, Oh, of course he's the farthest guy away. And he's running a 7.9 40 yard dash. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, sure. Roast the guy all you want. But if the Cowboys aren't preparing for that guy to be the, like you, you know, who has to touch the ball, you know, where he lined up before the play started. Yeah. Like maybe. And if they would have just thrown it to him, it probably would have saved them, and I'm not exaggerating. Maybe two seconds. Yeah, exactly. If they but would, if that, that was the two seconds up, they needed. Pop up, immediately find the umpire, give him the ball. Right? I, I probably wouldn't bang, toss bang, it to him. Probably wouldn't toss it to him because you know if yeah. they dropped it or yeah. yeah. But I would like wait for him to get close, hand him the ball, like tell my center to get the fuck out of the way, let him put it down, and then we're on the ball snapping it. But also, if you look at the play even if they would have snapped it with a second left, there were like four guys offsides for the Cowboys. No one was lined up correctly. Yeah. Wouldn't have exactly. Been. So I don't, people that are trying to blame this on the officiating and blame this on the refs. It's, it's just yeah, like, no, the, it's just like the Bengals Raiders game. It's fans of a team that lost that are just trying to justify their loss as not being their own fault. When in reality, the Cowboys should have never even been in this game to begin with. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Um, their record was a lot higher than what I thought they were looking or sorry, not looking, but performing throughout the season. So, um, but definitely game of the week. It got really close down to that last little bit. Um, and just to touch on the Niners again, like, like you said, their secondary, not that good. No. Um, but other than that, their defense is solid and they have Debo Samuel. And that's how I look at them. I think that's, I think that's how the Niners like game plan though, is they say, okay, we don't need to have a good secondary if we can make your quarterback throw the ball in two seconds. (laughs) Which is exactly what they do. Yeah, and so it's fair. I guess it's a fair game plan. Yeah, but also uh, Cowboys committed 14 penalties and Randy Gregory held on a play that would have gotten the Cowboys the ball back with way more time on the clock, but he decided to tackle an offensive lineman for no reason. So if you try to win, (laughs) you're stupid. Um yeah, so that's it for that game. We'll move into the uh, Sunday night cap, which was garbage, and the Chiefs just, you know, destroyed the Steelers, and it wasn't even a 21-point game. Should have been way, way more than that. Um, you know, Steelers even tried to get another one late. 
to have Ben go out on a high note. And I think that it ended appropriately for big Ben with the end of his career. Yeah, dude. I mean, again, they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. So yeah, um, the fact that they got there for his, you know, his, his last, uh, last season, um, they finished off with a win at home. And then the final game that he ever played in regular season, he won. And then he made it to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, some, some quarterbacks just leave as a piece of shit. So at and least they, he got to the playoffs. Yeah. And they made it to the playoffs in a season where six weeks ago, no one thought they were going to even, you know, win eight games, let alone yeah. make it to over 500 and get in the playoffs. Like, that in itself is like, that's a good way to end the season. He could have very easily and should have very easily not even made the playoffs in his final career, you know, final season. Um, so it's good like enough. Six and 11. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good, good for, good for the chiefs showing up, you know, they looked, they took the first quarter off and then started playing and then they took the fourth quarter off cause they didn't need to play. Um, so in that, you know, there's the, that two quarter stretch, put up 35. Yeah. That's, that's who the chiefs are. They can flip a switch at any point in time and be damn near impossible to stop. Um, and their defense also picked it up and started looking really, really good. Um, but Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, like they have great D line. Um, the linebackers do enough. The secondary does enough. Like, I think they just know when to, to actually really start playing and trying. So they're going to be, they're going to be a tough matchup. And obviously we're going to preview their, their next game which I think is probably going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. But um, yeah, I don't have any, anything else on that game. Do you? No, not on that one. Cool. So then we'll get into uh, Cardinals Rams. And man, Kyler Murray needs some help from Cliff Kingsbury, I think, because the play calling was just not good. Dude, and that's that's something that I've been saying about the Cardinals. I, I think it was like last season when they were trying to get a win and we were talking about how frustrated D-Hop was that, you know, he was debatably at the time, him and Devontae Adams, two best wide receivers in the NFL, and he wasn't even being utilized. And, like, so I feel like since then I've been saying the Cardinals, I think, are a dynamite team that can go very far and win games in the playoffs. But their play calling is always, like, I've always just questioned it. I've always been like, why the fuck are you doing that? Why the fuck are you doing that? And that was exactly what we saw. And I'm not taking anything away from the Rams because they went out and they fucking did their business, dude. They, this was the most shocking game, obviously, in my opinion, of mm-hmm. the whole week. Because yeah. um, I thought for sure this was going to be game of the week. And then, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? 21 going into half. 21 nothing going into half. That was, what the fuck, dude? The Rams just beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Yeah. Beat the shit out of them. Offensively, defensively. I think the play that, that like sums up the entire game is obviously Kyler's pick six. You know, he's getting pressured. He was getting pressured all fucking game, first of all. Aaron Donald, yes. Miller didn't matter. Someone was <laughs> for him to get pressured like he did. And then just it was such a Kyler Murray way of trying to escape a sack, too, of just chucking a fucking ball in any direction to avoid a sack. It probably would have gone down as a safety, anyways, <laughs> you know, but instead. Yeah gets picked off, gets returned for a fucking touchdown because he caught it at the two-yard line. So he could have, you know, had a seizure and ended up in the end zone. But, like, it it just, like, I don't understand what he's doing there. And that was kind of the entire game. And the defense just couldn't make any stops. OBJ was was 
looking so good. Cooper Cup looks great. And Cooper Cup didn't even turn it on until the end of the game. You know, it was it was yeah. and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby all game was getting looks, right? Run the yep. ball with Cam Akers. Like, I think this is the Rams team. Like, having Cam Akers back, and I know that Tim has been saying this since Cam Akers got hurt, and he's been waiting for this moment. This team is is now offensively prop, probably the best balanced offense left in the playoffs. Like, I would trust Cam Akers to run the ball on any given play. And then you got Matthew Stafford and OBJ and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and Tyler. Like the list goes on and on of weapons that he has. It's so impossible to stop this Rams offense. No, I, I completely agree, dude. And it was, I mean, kind of a bummer. And like Tim, like, I mean, no offense, you know, of this by any means, but I was hoping we played the Rams <laughs> um, just because I feel like the last few times we played the Rams, we've won. So I was like, I feel like we just have the Rams kind of figured out in a sense, kind of like the Niners have with us. And so this was kind of like the matchup I was hoping for because, I mean, that would have been a dynamite game, dude. Packers and Rams and the Rams with a fully healthy offense and and us with getting Cobb back and now uh, Zaza and Bakhtiari. Like, it would have been our teams playing again, but both teams were healthy. And I think that would have just been a good showdown because, yeah. um, dude, the Rams – they just looked so damn good against the Cardinals. Yeah. And like you said, this is exactly the team that we were expecting and that we saw in the beginning of the season. Yes. And now they kind of trickle off for a little bit, and now they're back, and I, I think they're going to do some damage. Yeah, I think it would be very interesting to see what happens. But that is it for the wild card weekend. So now we will get right into previewing the four divisional games. Um, Dude, I'm so excited for this weekend. Yeah, this weekend, I look at every game and I see just potential for such a great game in yes. every single one. Last week, there was obviously like three games at least that you were like, nah, it's not going to be good. Um, yeah. And end up being four games that were not good, right? This week, every single game should be just so fun to watch. Starting off with Bengals-Titans in Tennessee, Bengals coming off their bye week, getting Derrick Henry back. That's obviously the biggest question is how much do they utilize Derrick Henry coming back for first time in some like 10 weeks that he's that he's mm-hmm. missed with a broken foot he's been rehabbing um dude's obviously a monster so i don't know how healthy he really is or how many carries they'll actually give him but even if he's on the field you have to just respect that they might run the ball and it changes how a defense plays yeah no and that's and it's kind of like what we said about last week was they found how to win without him and now they have him so I think they can do a lot of damage. It's just, are they going to be able to even up the load and really use every weapon that they have of their offense, or are they going to try and run it down everyone's throat? I mean, it's obviously worked in the past, so maybe they might do that. Maybe they might stick with it. I don't know. But the Bengals, man, they just look so damn good. Do I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl? No, I don't think they are. I don't think they're there just quite yet. I think there's better teams. But the Bengals have the potential to beat the Titans. They really do. Their offense is very deadly, and I think they could tear the Titans apart. I think it just primarily comes down to the Titans' play calling and how they utilize the weapons. Absolutely. I'd love to see Julio actually show up um, because I think that if he does, the Titans would, you know, walk all over the Bengals, but he hasn't shown up all season, so why would you actually expect that? Um, 
it'll just be it'll just be the Titans. I think the Titans will do enough to win this game. I just don't think the Bengals are good enough right now to beat this Titans team. I, mean, I don't think the Titans are the best team in the I, AFC. No, I agree with that. Though. They're the third best team in the AFC, and the other <clears throat> the other two best are playing on Sunday. So, <laughs> you know, like that's all. That is what it is. If the Bills didn't take games off throughout the season, if the Chiefs didn't have like the slowest start in the history of like Super Bowl favorites, you know, like, yeah, it would they would have finished third. The Titans would have finished third. So, sure, they get the Bengals and they got the team that they could beat out of the remaining teams in the AFC, and I think they will. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that as well. Um, but you mentioned Julio Jones, and man, it just blows my mind because I don't know how you how you are one of the most dominant and elite wide receivers there was in the NFL. And then just, boom. I mean, I understand how, like how it happens, but I'm just saying like rhetorically, like how the fuck do you just, yeah. yeah, To go to like the most irrelevant wide receiver, like Alan Lazard was handling business all season more than Julio Jones was like, what fucking crazy. What's his name? Like Nick Akine Westbrook on the Titans handle business more yeah. than Jones. like dude, you got like showed up by a, a damn nobody like literally no one knew who the fuck that dude was and I ended up picking him up in fantasy for like two weeks because I was like well it's better than to have than Julio so might as well like yeah. <laughs> it, you just it, it blows my mind too because Julio should have been Julio and AJ Brown should have been the best wide receiver duo in the league this season and they weren't even close and AJ Brown didn't play half the season and Julio didn't play the other half of the season like, I don't know. The Titans team had a lot more potential than what they actually played up to, even though they finished 100%. with the number one seed. It's not – no, it's not enough for me. Um, so we move into uh, Sunday night – or Saturday night, I should say. And I'll let you take the floor to start this one. Oof. Scared, man. Scared. So I was listening to ESPN today, and, uh, man, this chick was fucking just the statistical wizard, man. She was like a female version of you. And she said Aaron Rodgers was number three, number three this season, um, passing when passing with no pressure. When he was under pressure, or so yeah, his QBR rating. Sorry, more specifically, his QBR rating. He was like third or something like that in the NFL with no pressure. Under pressure, he was twenty sixth in the NFL, um, and that worries me. And I mean, and that's not like us out of nowhere stat. I mean, that's like every year he's under pressure and he just doesn't, he can't produce obviously the way that he would want to, uh, but he gets flustered and he gets frustrated. And then he, I wouldn't say panics cause he stays pretty calm, Yeah, but he just doesn't perform when he's not under pressure, <laughs> you know, which obviously um, nobody's going to be just as good as they are when they're being pressured versus when they're not being pressured. But like we talked about, you know, five minutes ago with the Niners, their D-line is, is very nasty. Um, uh, Bosa was cleared from concussion protocol, so he will be playing in the game. Um, so it's going to come down to can we can the offensive line slightly protect Aaron Rodgers, and will he be able to not get stressed out and be able to handle the pressure? To me, that's the game changer for this, for this week is going to be can he handle the pressure? Um, snap after snap because it's going to be relentless. I mean, you got Devontae Adams. Uh, we should be hopefully getting Randall Cobb, which 
I mean, in the weeks that he played was a difference maker that I did not see coming. And then he got injured, obviously. So um, with him coming back, I'm hoping that adds another little weapon for him. But I mean, honestly, dude, I don't have anything else really to say about it. I'm just fucking scared. I'm nervous. Um, I did not want to play the Niners. Can we beat them? Fuck yeah, we can. Yeah. But they just always have a way to beat us. And I fucking hate the Niners for that specifically. Um, So I think Packers are going to win like fucking 28-24. Like, I think it's going to be a close-ass game. Um, I'm just hoping that we're able to slow down the D. Yeah, I think it will be a very close game as well. I also think the Packers can win this. The reason I think the Packers can win is because the Niners don't have anyone that can cover Devontae Adams. And I think that they'll use Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or a tight end to chip DNs all game. And I know that Nick Bosa moves around on the D-line like any great pass rusher does. So it's hard to identify where he's at on any play, but I think they'll do enough to keep in an extra person to protect. It would be more worth it to keep an extra person in to protect and trust that Alan Lazard or um, Devontae or anybody else can get, just get open. And MBS is good. Yeah. Like he's, he's yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I know he just doesn't trust him enough. Oh, yeah, I just he made doesn't he trust him to go for this game. I didn't know because I oh 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 sorry sorry yeah 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 I'm almost positive yeah so if you guys have those I trust any of those receivers to get open and find holes in that secondary I'd rather keep an extra guy in to, to pass protect and give Rogers a, another second to throw the football or something along those lines or run a lot of screen passes the Niners come out and try to blitz counter with a screen whether it's a wide receiver screen or running back screen or tight end screen whatever you want to do I think that Matt Lafleur is gonna in my opinion, I think he'll call a great game at home. It's one degree. And also, I don't think that the Packers defense has anything to worry about other than obviously it's Debo and, and Brandon Ayuk. <sighs> and they run the ball well. I think that's the thing. I think that the Niners are going to throw the ball 25 times tops, like max, absolute max that Jimmy G throws is 25. There's no way he throws the ball more than that unless the Niners are like down by a lot and he has to but they're just going to try to run the ball down your guys' throats all fucking game. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just – whenever it's my team that we're talking about, I try to cut myself off because I can obviously talk forever about it. And, but, you, you, I mean, you brought up that specifically, and that's my biggest worry on defense is we're getting Alexander back. So, with Alexander and Savage, I'm hoping King doesn't fucking play. I'm hoping we yeah, just Stokes. go with Douglas because, yeah, Stokes, Douglas, um, Savage, and Alexander. Like uh, – I'm fucking, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking happy with that. They've all been producing really well. King just fucking drives me nuts, and I hope we cut him. But that's besides the point. The thing is that the Packers have never, I feel like, been good at stopping the run. And if there's one team that specifically knows how to run against us, it's the Niners. They've put up records with Kaepernick against us. They put up records with fucking, uh, uh, was it, uh, Breda? Breda? Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago in the playoffs for the most fucking rushing yards ever in a playoff game. Yeah. And again, obviously that was against us. And that's what worries me about Debo Samuel is also the, the ESPN thing I was listening to today with the statistical chick. She also said something that made me want to drop kicker. She said Debo Samuel is not just the best running back on the Niners, but I think she's, I think he's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL right now. And I almost drop kicked her right in the chest. I'm like, he's not lining up behind every single snap the reason why he's so good is because it's unpredictable. It's the same thing with Taysom Hill. That's how he, that's why he was able to produce numbers as a wide, you know, whenever he came in as a quarterback, because they didn't know yeah. if he was going to pass it or throw it. 
And almost every time he was he was running it. But it's like that's why he's so good is that he's unpredictable. And I th- that's my biggest worry defensively is going to be is Debo Samuel going to run the ball or is he just running that little uh, route to kind of fake it and then it's a play action and then it's you know yada yada yada. <sighs> okay, whatever. I'm going to cut myself off. But yes, um, secondary I'm not worried about. It's the run game that worries me defensively. And then the pressure that worries me offensively. Yeah, I get you. It should be a great game either way. Um, so let's jump into Sunday. Sunday uh, afternoon, Rams-Bucks. So this know, is, man. this again, see the potential for a great game here. I'm going to take mm-hmm. the Rams because of how many injuries the Bucks have. No Godwin, obviously no AB, not injury-related, but no AB. Um, still no Ronald Jones. Um, you know, they're missing uh, in the in the secondary. They've lost everybody. You know, they have their safeties and that's great, but they've lost all their corners. Um, I just don't. And, and even watching the Bucks play the Eagles, there were so many opportunities that the Eagles had to stay in that game. And a better team would have at least stayed in that game, if not taken over that game. But it was Jalen Hurts who just doesn't know how to throw a football. And so he missed wide open guys left and right, or he didn't see the guy that was wide open and he couldn't take advantage of it. That's not a mistake that Matthew Stafford's going to make, especially not with how we saw him play last week. As long as Matthew Stafford limits the turnovers and the Rams run a balanced offense, I just don't see how the Bucs can beat him. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, that's – that's a tough one, man. Um, I'm going to pick Bucks just because I'm riding with my dad on it. Um, and I, it's going to be hard for me to not root for the Bucks when I'm with them. But, dude, I'm just worried about the Rams just absolutely slaughtering the secondary on the Bucks. Because, like you said, on the Eagles, multiple times where, you know, Hurts had a run. And then it shows that one of his wide receivers was completely wide open. I mean, had five yards on the defender. So it's like, with Cup and OBJ and Higby being triple threats and Van Jefferson, I mean, there's just too many weapons that they have to try and take care of. And it's just going to be, though, the Bucks were the number one uh, team this year in, like, passing yards and everything. So it's it's going to be an electric game, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I, 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 can, I, I can just see either team winning, though. Yeah, I could. I could as well. But also the Bucks were – number one team passing, right? Obviously Tom Brady led the league in touchdowns and yards and completions and all that. And he did nothing against the Rams when they played in the regular season. Absolutely. And he shit the bed the entire game. It was awful watching him try to play against the Rams. I don't know if they can, you know, have the same performance, but I think if the Rams put up half the performance that they did in that regular season game, and, you know, Tom Brady can't get guys open. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's going to follow Mike Evans the whole goddamn game, you know, because yeah. he doesn't have anyone else that he needs to worry about, really. Throw another, throw a deep safety on whatever side Scotty Miller's on so that you don't get burnt deep by him. But that's about it. I mean, obviously, Gronk is not very easy to cover, just period. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, Von, and then you have to worry about Von Miller and Aaron Donald coming, you know, on the D line. And how long do you actually have to throw the football? And how banged up is Tristan Wirfs? Tristan Wirfs like fucking rolled his ankle and w- had to leave against the Eagles. That's his starting right tackle. That's that's the edge that Von Miller is going to come off. Like you just or or Aaron Donald, like they can switch wherever they want to. So 
I just don't know how the Bucks O line is going to hold up. I, I could, I, I really think that the Rams win this game. Um, but like you said, I could see it going either way. Is any of these games, if there's no upset to me, really, like, oh, you can look at it afterwards and be like, oh, that team, that was an upset. But realistically, I could see any of these yeah. teams winning any of these games. No, and 100%. Like, I completely agree with that because all four matchups have, have just look absolutely electric, both on paper and just the idea of their names battling each other. Um, <clears throat> but I completely agree with you with Bucks and Rams. Defensively, it's going to be, are they going to get burnt by Cup and OBJ? And offensively, are they, is the O-line just going to get murked by the defense of the Rams? Yeah. And, I mean, flip it with, you know, the, the Bucks defense is amazing. Those linebackers are great. I'm yeah. talking about the balanced offense of the Rams. I don't know if the Bucks let up that many rushing yards in this game. If they do, it'll be absolutely over. But if they make the Rams one, you know, like a one-dimensional <clears> offense – that's their chance right back into the game. So we'll have to see. Uh, moving to last game of the weekend, Sunday night, Bills Chiefs should be an offensive fucking fireworks show. Uh, I mean, both defenses looked a lot better in these past, you know, the last week, um, yeah. in the past few weeks. But realistically, it should just be back and forth offensive battle. I mean, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, this is what we're here for. I This was my prediction for the AFC championship game. For this reason, I didn't know the Bills and Chiefs were respectively just going to, you know, have not great games in the regular season. Obviously, for the Bills, so sorry for the Chiefs, but they're still matching up and it's still probably, in my opinion, going to be the game of the of the week. Yeah, that was my notes on this game was at the beginning of the season, we had all three said AFC championship matchup is going to be Bills and Chiefs. And for the reasons that you just said, I mean, it should have been one of them number one seed and the other one was the number two seed. So they shouldn't have had to play each other until the championship game. So it's honestly kind of cool that they're doing it right before the championship game just because it's like, all right, you know, give – I, I want to see how it goes, but I think whoever wins this one beats the Bengals or Titans too. Yeah. Um, so, oh, my God, yeah, dude. Th- this should have been the championship game. It's going to be electric. And both teams have just been on fire. That's my favorite part about this matchup is that both teams finished off the season really good, but specifically like the last three weeks, they have looked so good. I mean, other than like the chiefs versus uh, the Broncos, they've looked absolutely dominant against like every other team that they played. Same thing with the bills. So I'm very excited for this game. I think it's the perfect Sunday night game or Sunday, you know, evening game to finish it off with. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. So, so excited for these games this weekend. Um, obviously, you're, if you're listening to this, games are starting today. Um, so get fucking ready because it's going to be a great weekend. Um, so that's our predictions for NF, for uh, NFL wild card week or uh, divisional round weekend, I should say. Um, and then, you know, we have conference championships, Pro Bowl, and then Super Bowl. So we're coming to an end super fast here. Um, but this is one of the better divisional rounds that I can remember for a while. So very, very excited for it. Um, so that wraps it up for NFL stuff. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add before we move on here. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in sports news um, was Djokovic. Oh, right, yeah. The Australian, the, the Australian Open and everything. Um, so hold on one second. I had to find the fucking picture again. Worried. Yeah, got deported, and it looks like he's going to be – hold on. Where the fuck did it go? I am so sorry about this. 
Um, right here, there we go. Djokovic is potentially up to be barred from the French Open. Yeah. After all this. Um, that is unreal. Yeah, well, so the thing is that, like, when he got deported from Australia, like, whoever it was that, like, some big wig in France. I don't know wh- who his name, what his name is, or what his job title is, but he was like, "That's not going to happen here in France." He's more than welcome here. That was like not even a week after, like the president of France literally said he wants to make people that aren't vaccinated suffer in his country, which too far, <laughs> too far right? Way too far. Yeah. Don't believe that at all. But it's literally what he said. Is he was like, "I want them to hate their lives because they're not vaccinated." And it was like, yeah, you think that guy is going to let a star tennis player that's not vaccinated come into his country and play tennis? No, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. Sweet Jesus. Uh, but no, other than that, dude, I got nothing. Um, so hit us up with some of this AP stuff, dude. All right. So I don't want to get too crazy with it. I, I've been ranting about it to Brittany like every day for the whole week. But, <laughs> um, I had to ask myself on Monday – um, and I, so I'm going to ask you the same question that I ended up having to ask myself. Is, do you care about the AP polls? Like, do they matter to you? No, not, not, not even usually slightly. Okay. So they did to me for basketball. Um, like I would, you know, Monday comes around and I'm like new AP polls out. Where is Duke? Where is Duke in this AP poll? Right. Cause that's been my life since I've been a Duke fan. It's like, how high is Duke ranked right now? And when okay, so, we- okay. Okay. Well, here, let, let me modify my answer then. Right. I do you meant just like to me or like do I actually think that they like genuinely you. rank? Okay, well then yeah, because you guys have seen me obviously get super hyped up. Oh, you know, like power rankings and stuff, yeah. like with like the ducks and yeah, seeing them at eighth. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, they were eighth. But yeah. I thought you meant like as far. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. So yes, yeah. to me, I do like them and I do they, they they do care. Yeah. So I I thought the same thing, and then I saw in this latest AP poll, um, and it led me down just a rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, came out on Monday and Duke was ranked six and I wasn't mad. I was like, okay, ranked six. You know, we, we had a two week layoff because of COVID we had lost the game. I was like, I understand us being sixth. And then I saw that Baylor was ranked ahead of us. And so we had lost a game at home and dropped from second to eighth in the country. Baylor dropped back-to-back home games to unranked teams as the number one team in the country, and they dropped from number one to five. And I lost my shit because (laughs) I couldn't wrap my head around how you could think that a Baylor team that lost back-to-back games was better than a Duke team that had, you know, obviously also lost, but our loss came after a two-week layoff because of COVID it was COVID after we had like Christmas break. So these guys all went home, weren't probably working out as much, came back, then had COVID and couldn't work out for like 10 days. And then they got thrown back out on the court. So it's like, yeah, we obviously lost the game because of that. Uh, But Baylor dropping back to back home games. I was like, that's inexcusable if you're supposed to be the best team in the country. And so I started looking at these fucking AP poll, uh, you know, like all the rankings and everything. Yeah. Um, And it made me even more mad, not even about Duke, but just about the whole thing, but the whole thing in general. So Auburn is ranked second in the country right now. Auburn had 11 more first place votes 
than Gonzaga, who is ranked number one in the country. I don't understand how a team can have 11 more first place votes and not be the number one team in the country. There's no (laughs) reason. Auburn has one loss. Gonzaga has two. It, It just doesn't make any sense. And then I looked into like more of the reasoning why. And I just think we should disband the whole fucking AP poll as, as far as how, <laughs> because, because do you know how many people vote for the AP poll? And, and for those that don't know, the way the AP poll works is people vote or they make their own top 25. And if you get ranked first, your team gets 25 points. If you get ranked 25th, your team gets one point. Teams with the most points obviously go one to 25. Do you know how many people vote on this goddamn thing? Uh, how many? 61. There are 61 people that put together a poll and, and people think that it's valid because some random dude from buttfuck Missouri watches Missouri play basketball and he goes, I know how good Washington State is at basketball. I'll tell you that. No, you fucking don't. You didn't watch it <laughs> at all, right? And so I, I got really mad about it. <laughs> I was, I was looking at, it, I was like, these sixty-one guys, and and you look at it, and there are just some of these people that are fucking up the entire poll because they have ridiculous ass picks, like just the dumbest picks you could possibly think of. One of them is this guy uh, that I was debating whether or not I even wanted to say his name and give him any credit on TTS, but I will say his name. His name's Jesse Newell. And he's a piece of goddamn shit. Um, so he's, a, he's, a, he's a writer. He's a piece like, of garbage. Yeah, he's, he's a writer in like based in Kansas City. So he obviously loves Kansas University. Um, and he ranked Auburn, who finished second and should have been ranked number one. He ranked them ninth in the country. They have one loss. You're going to tell me that there are eight teams that have two losses that are better than Auburn. That doesn't make any fucking sense. He also had Villanova ranked third in the country and Houston ranked like fourth in the country. Houston is 10th and Villanova's 11th in this poll. Where are your fucking random numbers coming from, dude? How do you think that these teams that are not that good or like they're mediocre are up there with Gonzaga and Auburn or or, or way better than Auburn? Auburn followed up this AP poll by beating Georgia by 23 points. That like, like you can't tell me that's not an amazing team, and you can't tell me that's the ninth best team in the country. Like, if you like make the argument for them at one or two, I would say they're number one, but ranking them ninth is just a fucking mistake. And if you're and if we're legitimately considering these writers that are making these polls and saying, well, his poll means just as much as everyone else's, why he fucked up the poll? Auburn missed being the number one team in the country. By four points. If this guy would have ranked them instead of ninth, if he would have said, mm, I think they're the fourth best team in the country, they still would have ended up at the number one team in the country. They would have ended up there because they would have added five more points and they would have jumped Gonzaga. But instead, he has them at nine and he fucks them over from being the number one team in the country. Like, it's so dumb that any one individual has that power to fuck an entire team over for yeah. a poll that at the end of the day doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> These polls mean nothing, right? It's the same thing with college football. As soon as the college football playoff rankings come out, no one cares about the AP rankings. Not a single person cares when those rankings come out on yeah. Monday. It's like, yeah, the AP rankings came out on Monday. Tomorrow, the actual rankings come out. So have fun, AP, for your day of being 
you know, important and, and they're really not still. And, and it's the same thing with college basketball. We care about these rankings and it's not like the number one team in the country in the AP poll is automatically the number one seed, like the number one overall seed in the tournament. It's not like the top four teams in the country in the AP poll are guaranteed the top four seeds, you know, the top four one seeds in the tournament. It just yeah. doesn't work that way. And if it doesn't work that way, then why do we fucking have these rankings to begin with? It doesn't make any fucking sense. I think if they want to make these rankings, these rankings are meant, I think, for more like casual fans or people that don't really know what's going on this season in particular, which I can understand if you have a lot going on and you're like, ah, what games are going to be good this week? It's nice to have those rankings and be like, oh, okay, that should be a good game because those guys are ranked about the same, right? And so that's where I, I understand. But if you want to make these rankings legitimate, I think they either need to do way more math with it and add a bunch more, make, have 200 people put together a fucking poll. I don't know. And then put all the numbers together. And anyone that has a stupid poll, mathematically stupid poll, get rid of it and then crunch the numbers again and get your actual lists. Like that's how it should work. And if you're not going to do it that way, cut the fucking number down, cut the goddamn number down. Do the same thing the college football playoff does. Give me 15 people. Give me 14, 15 people that are nationally syndicated writers, right? There's a few guys on this list of 61, like Dick Vitale and John Rothstein, guys like that, that work for CBS, work for ESPN, and work for ABC. Great. They're not biased. And if they are, it's not like so much of a bias that they're going to fuck over a whole poll just by their rankings alone. So make it 15 people right? 15 people, let them put together their rankings. And it's more, it means more to me that way. So those are the two first things that came to my mind. I'd also just like to see the committee that actually puts together the tournament. You know, there's obviously a committee that picks the 68 teams that go in. Um, Just let them release three times a year, let them release a bracket. And you, now you know where your team stands. And if they're in, if they're not in, how much work they need to do, how safe your team is, all that good stuff. It doesn't need to be every week. Give it to me three times a year. I'll take it. I just, I just got real mad. I just got real mad seeing <laughs> the rankings and seeing who is contributing to this and how awful of a system it is and why we care about it so much because it, it is a big deal when the AP rankings come out. And it really shouldn't be. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I know how good Duke is. I know we're going to drop in this week's rankings because we lost. I understand that. But when I, I don't care about what the ranking means anymore. Being ranked top 25, being ranked number one, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything because the people that are actually voting on it don't fucking know what they're talking about. That's my rant. Floor's open? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. And, like, I knew – so I didn't know that there was 61 um, people. I thought, I feel like I thought it was more. I thought it was like 80 or something, but I didn't know an exact number. So the fact that it's only 61, like I, I think it should be like, I mean, you said 14 or 15. I, I thought it should be like five, you know, and they all collectively, and, and I'm talking like actual sports analysts, right? Where like you said, they're not biased. It's this team is better type of thing. And they all make brackets and when you have five people that know basketball and like, I mean, no, no basketball, their brackets are going to look, you know, at least the rankings are going to look 
pretty damn decently similar. Yeah. You know, and that's where you get the averages and, okay, this one should go here, this one should go here, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like the same thing with, uh, what was it, the NFL, like MVP? Yeah. Right? How, like, Aaron Rodgers roasted that reporter. He's like, so you literally said you don't like me for stuff off the field. Like, that has nothing to do with my on-the-field presence. Yeah. Why should you even be able to fucking vote? You're saying you don't like me because of my, like, beliefs or whatever, but you're not judging me for how I play the game. You should be allowed to vote. And I completely agree. So it's just like what you were saying with that butt-fuck guy from wherever. Um, why should he be able to fill out something that just makes absolutely no goddamn sense? Right? Auburn should be number one. They had more votes. They have a better record. They should be number one over Gonzaga. Gonzaga at two. And to put them at ninth, I mean, that, that doesn't even make any sense. Makes no sense at all. And that's the thing, like, how you're feeling about this right now is, like, how I feel about, like, power rankings, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't even know who decides power rankings or how yeah. those get made up. Nice, yeah. But it's the same thing. You know, you, you go, fuck, yeah, dude, my team is number one in power rankings. And it's like, hell, yeah, dude, that's the shit. And it's like, okay, cool. But they just lost to somebody unranked. It's like, yeah, but my team is number one. <laughs> like, you know, as of right now, in this moment, people think my team's the best. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. It's like a sense of like, like pride. You're like, yeah, fuck everyone else, dude. My team's so good. But at the end of the day, it means nothing. You know, like, yeah, sure, a number one seed team gets benefits, but number one seed doesn't win the championship every single year. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't define how good your team is. Um, but as far as specifically – College basketball AP rankings. I don't know if it's just. I don't know if it's similar to any other sport, but yeah, that, that needs to either get revamped or it'll never mean anything, especially now in your eyes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, and the other thing that killed me was like just seeing, you know, the the, the it was a, a number that I saw, but like whenever I think of like college football, right? When we were getting to that last ranking, that last college football ranking. Um, like the playoff rankings, mm-hmm. when you looked at number one, you said to yourself, there's two options. It's either Alabama or Michigan. When you looked at number three and number four, it's okay. There are two options. It's either Georgia or Cincinnati, right? That's it. Yeah. That's all that there's going to be. Right. And I think we already knew what the matchups were going to be, but you can make an argument for one of two teams at number one and the other one's going to be at two. And then the same thing for three, look at number five spot. It was between three teams. You go, okay, maybe Baylor, maybe Ohio State, maybe Notre Dame. Those are the only three teams that have have a legitimate argument for it. In in this AP poll, there were 11 different teams ranked third in the country on different people's polls. You cannot make an argument that there are 11 <laughs> different teams that can, that, that can say they're the third best team in the country. There's no way you can make that argument. It, it is no, not, not even slightly. Like there is a clear cut top five that you, that I would be like, okay, if you have any of those teams at three, I'd understand. Someone had Duke at number two. Hell no. We're not the number two team in the country, right? We are not even close to that right now when this ranking came out and then we lost obviously. So we won't even be close, but I saw someone ranked us second and it's like, no, we're not the second best team in the country. Someone else had us 14th. No, we're not the 14th best team in the country. Like we are in the middle (laughs) of that. And that's fair to say you having random people say, oh, I think they're not even deserving of being ranked. And it's like, what the fuck do you mean they're not deserving? Like, what what makes you say that? There's nothing. Yeah. And they don't have to, like, actually vouch for themselves. These people just make polls 
and get to have a say in what happens. And it's like, yeah. And that's the bullshit part. Yeah. So I got real mad. I needed to get it off my chest. I needed to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, I don't care I love, about eight peoples anymore. Um, see, but there's still going to be that little part though, down deep inside. Probably. Like, God damn it. Why do they keep dropping her? God damn it. We should be higher. To where, like, you're still going to look at it and be like, all right, where am I? Where am I? Especially now, because you've been doing it for fucking, I don't know, years and years and years. It's going to be a habit that you do. And so now it's funny, though, because you're just going to constantly be pissed, though, every time you look at the AP ranking. Yeah, I'm going to look at it and go, where's Duke at? Why are we here? Who ranked us high? Who ranked us low? Who ranked this team <laughs> and fucked them? Like, yeah, no, I know. I, I, I have... I put myself in a position where I'm still going to, when Duke plays, I'm still going to look at the number that we have next to our name. And I'm still going to look at the number of whoever we're playing against and, and exactly. But ah, it just made me mad. It just made me mad. I needed to rant for a little bit. Um, I, I liked it, but no, no, I I love that. Yeah. But that's what I had on a people's Um, stop caring about them. Look at them fine, but don't give them any actual like, authority or credibility it's just a number next to your team's name that at the end of the day doesn't mean anything so that's my that's my piece on ap polls that is it for uh, topics but let us get into segments kyle what do you have for booms and busts i've got three booms and one bust how do we do this every week kyle i have one boom and three busts. no, no you don't yeah i have one I swear to god <laughs> oh my god this is like six weeks in a row. We've just lined up perfectly. <laughs> well, shit, dude. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to kick off my first one. Uh, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. I coach Zach Taylor. Um, and was it uh, Kevin Huber? Huber? Mm-hmm. Um, game the, or went down to a local bar in Cincinnati and gave the bar a game ball to celebrate their win after breaking that 31-year um, no-playoff-win dry spell. Um, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know what bar that is, but that's – I mean, I, I don't see how that's not the Cincinnati Bengals bar now. Like, that should be trademarked. It should be established. So, booming for them to do that. Like, they obviously did not have to do that. And, you know, that made the bar owners – fucking honestly, it, it made his life because oh. – Easy. That bar is going to be the most booming bar now in Cincinnati, especially during football season. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with you. Uh, my first boom and my only boom is LeBron James. So LeBron James uh, just became, uh, this not uh, two days ago, became the first ever member of the 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 9,000 assists club. Um for those of you that don't know, that means he's third all-time in points. Um, probably not that high on the all-time rebounds list, but he's also a small forward, so still very impressive. And he's like top five on the career assists board. Um, he is 92 assists away from having 10,000 assists. So he will also be the first member of the 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists club. Um, so would also- that be considered like a, tr- a tr- triple dub? Uh, yeah, throw it in as a triple double. Absolutely, throw it in as a triple double. It, it's deserved. Um, and on top of that, 
he's third in career points and he's on pace to pass uh, Carl Malone for second in career points. And then he's on pace to pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar next season for most career points, period. Um, he also will probably score 40,000 points in his career. Um, that's just stupid. That's just <sighs> stupid. So then he'll have 40,000 points, 10, 10K boards, 10K assists, and he's not done. Like, Minimum, Ron yeah. James is – and, I mean, who knows the numbers MJ would have put up if he would have not taken, you know, a couple years off and everything. It wouldn't have been the numbers LeBron put up. It still wouldn't have been the numbers LeBron put up. LeBron is such a physically dominant player. Like, MJ was, MJ was amazing, right? And he was the GOAT for a really long time. I don't think there's an argument anymore with how LeBron is conti- – he's averaging 29 points per game. He's 37 years old. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Like, oh my God. if he had any support on that fucking Lakers team from, like, actually talented players that weren't just, you know, like Russell Westbrook, who they're going to trade – um, either oh, before yeah. this season or at the end of this season, but he's not going to be there after this season. No, he will not be. Like, they, he'd be competing for titles every fucking year, and he normally is competing for titles. He has the longest streak of going to consecutive finals, right? Like, it's so amazing how Le- LeBron James is so amazing, and I, I hate that people are still, like, hating on his greatness and not recognizing him for how he has literally changed the game of basketball. No, I'm that 100%. I completely agree with that. Uh, LeBron is an absolute phenom. And you do get the people that will forever be saying that MJ is the best, or you'll have players that are forever saying Kobe's the best. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to stats and everything, it's, I don't know, it's just, there's, there's a lot to debate there. Um, and I don't know enough statistically to really have an actual stat goat. Um, but it, it just appears that it is LeBron. Yeah. Um, all right. My second boom is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Um, just coming off of that last game, which is pretty much a first ever offensive game. Or I, I know I already said it earlier in the episode, but no punts, no picks, no fumbles lost, no field goals, all touchdowns on every single drive until they kneeled down to win the game. And they did it against a top five defense. Yeah. Um, just a absolute, like I said, Madden statistical like game for them, and for them to just do that with so much ease, it looks like, just absolutely incredible. Buffalo Bills booming, love it. Uh, my first bust is going to be Tate Martell. Um, I'm sure you have never heard of Tate Martell because most people have not. Um, I'm not. Tate Martell uh, was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. He broke records in, in uh, Nevada all over the place. Uh, I went to Gorman high school. Kid was a fucking stud. He was so fun to watch. I would go watch Gorman high school football games just to see him fucking play. Um, and then he went to Ohio state and he obviously didn't play there um, because you could probably list off all the quarterbacks that have been in Ohio state. None of them were Tate Martell. Um, so then he transferred to Miami. He didn't play at Miami either. Um, so then he transferred to UNLV, right? Homecoming. He didn't play there either. Um, and then earlier this week, he announced he was retiring from football. <laughs> um, you can't retire from something that you just haven't played in five years. Right? Like, I didn't retire from 
college. I just stopped, you know, going like, you know, re- <laughs> like you don't, no one wanted you. You can't retire. Like you can't fire me if I quit. No, you never got the job. Like you walked in for the interview <laughs> and realized you were not qualified and said, I quit and no one hired you. So you didn't retire. Just, just come on, dude, be better. No. Yeah. That, that's a fat bust, fat bust. All right. Uh, my third and final boom is going to be robots. Hmm. Um, so robot umps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Robot umpires to be used in the triple a for, for baseball. Um, so MLB is experimenting them with automated strike zones in obviously the highest minor league level. So triple a uh, that's right before the pros, um, boom into robots, dude. You guys are finding your little place. Um, will this end up being a bust in the future? I don't know. Um, if this, it, it's honestly going to be kind of scary, dude, because if this somehow works perfectly to where it never misses a pitch, right? It calls it perfectly every single time. That's going to be a crazy fucking game changer for the sport of baseball. And then it makes you go, what else are they going to come up with for every other sport? Yeah. So that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. So booming the robots. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. My my thoughts are what does that mean for like the home plate umpire though? Yep. Because the home plate umpire does more than just call balls and strikes, right? Like any play at the plate is all his. So yep it's not like a robot can take over that unless they're just going to let a play at the plate happen and then go review it every single time, you know? Yeah. There's got to be someone behind the catcher still. I guess they're just not going to call balls and strike. They'll just be posted up on the backstop the whole game. So let me, let me pull up a chair right here and just watch the fucking game. And then whenever, yeah. you know, someone comes to the plate, I'm just going to hop up and get up really quick. But I think, yeah, it's, literally. I think it's very interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, yeah, yeah, booming robots. I love that. I love that. Um, my second bust is uh, Florida State. Uh, so Florida State beat Duke this week, uh, so I don't like them right now. Um, but <laughs> they, I really don't like them because we were playing at Florida State, and they ha- they hung a banner um, for two years ago um, for the tournament. Two years ago, Florida State hung a banner. Do you want, uh, I, I'm not going to have you guess where they finished in that tournament because there wasn't a tournament two years ago. Um, But (laughs) they did hang a banner that said uh, COVID canceled season finished number four in AP poll at end of season. What the fuck does that mean? That's not a banner. Why did you hang that at all? You hung a banner because you got ranked high in polls that don't matter in a season that was canceled because of COVID. What yeah. you didn't do anything, <laughs> didn't even get ranked first. No, <laughs> fourth, and they're the only team I guarantee you, they're the only team that has a banner that says they were ranked. Period. No other team is like, We were ranked yeah. number one at some point. No, no one cares, they care about what you won. You're fucking I stupid. <laughs> I hate you. I first. love that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, dude, you don't go, I'm talking any sport, you go, you usually don't see anything advertising that you didn't get third or better. So the fact that you went, hey, we got fourth ranked. <laughs> that is, that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's a fat bust. Yeah. 
All right, All right my one and only bust. Probably gonna say it wrong, but Glenn Consor. Glenn Consor. Um, he's a Wizards broadcaster. Apologized to Kevin Porter Jr. I don't oh, know if you heard yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah, so please allow me to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to Kevin Porter Jr. and his family and the Rockets organization for the comments I made during last night's game. So for the listeners that did not know, um, Kevin Porter Jr., well, he won them the game, but he took like a perfectly timed shot, right? And he said, hey, perfect." he took a perfectly timed shot, just like his dad. He said he pulled the trigger. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Even more yeah. specific, yeah. Pulled the trigger at the right time. Just like his dad. Well, what he didn't know is that Kevin Porter Jr., his dad went to prison for shooting somebody. So it was a big, uh, big slip up. He then said, I mistakenly thought Kevin was the son of former Washington player Kevin Porter and was unaware that the words I chose to describe his game winning shot would be in any way hurtful or insensitive. I reached out to Kevin to personally apologize, and I hope to be able to talk to him soon. You will not um, be talking to Kevin Porter Jr. anytime soon. So, I mean, it, it really comes down to who Kevin Porter Jr. is as a person. <laughs> He's because, not a man. I'll tell you that right now. Because <laughs> me, I love dark humor. And just knowing, because like, you can only imagine how this guy felt after like finding out that he had made that mistake. You know he probably felt off. It was, if it was me, I'd be roasting his ass. I'd be, I, I, to me, that'd be the funniest thing. Um, but again, maybe it was like really bad, you know. So he's like, "No, like fuck that. Don't talk about my dad like that," um, which is probably how it's gonna go. Yeah, go well, down. Um, but the second I saw that, I was like, "Man, you dumb dumb. Uh, <laughs> just a poor choice of words at the wrong time." Yeah. So uh, Kevin Porter went through a very dark time when his dad went to prison, um, and it affected him in college tremendously because kevin porter jr coming out of high school he's from seattle kid is a was a stud coming out of high school i thought i'm telling you i told you guys i picked him to be like my dark horse rookie of the year when he was a rookie and he wasn't and he wasn't at all close but now he looks great and i feel valid i feel justified in what i said because i know the kid can score redemption um it wasn't immediately in his career but he is a very hot tempered kid like he, he's very hot tempered. Like he got benched because he like threw something at a coach in a locker room in the NBA, like in the NBA. <laughs> he <threw at> coach. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be the bigger man. Here. Yeah. Doesn't sound like he's going to be taking that one then too. too yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, all right. So my uh, third and final bust is another guy at my goddamn job that comes in and talks to people about sports. Uh-oh. Man came in and and I'll give him credit where credit's due. He's winning his bets. Um, but he came in and he took out 9K and put it all on Georgia to win the natty, right? Hey, good job, dude. Hey, good for you. You want you won some good money there, right? They were favorites, so I mean, not like an amazing play by you, but good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he told my coworker, like, oh, I have this system, it doesn't fail me. The running backs for Georgia are both like, I think they're both going to have really great games. And my coworker told me about it. Like whenever someone says something about sports to my coworkers, I love that they just come to me immediately. And they're like, Logan, what do you think about this? And I'm like, they're stupid or that's valid. Um, (laughs) 
and they just take my word for it. Um, and so they told me about it and I was like, everyone's got a system for betting and they always, it always works until it doesn't, you know, you get hot for like a week and then your system doesn't work anymore because it's betting and that's how it works. But guy came back in today, he's talking to one of my other coworkers and he's talking to her about, um, he like, he really likes the Titans. He thinks Titans are really going to do great and this and that. And I'm not hearing the conversation or anything. I just heard they said Titans and I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I also have the Titans winning. He leaves and she goes, Hey, Logan, did you hear what that guy was saying about um, like his picks for this week? And I was like, no, I mean, I heard he said likes Titans. She's like, yeah. So um, he, he said that uh, the way he picks games is he looks at like the star players, um, astrological signs, and then figures out how well he thinks they're going to do. And then that's how he makes his bets. Uh, I, I, I had to contain my laughter because I was, I was like, well, that I, I think all I said was, well, that's stupid. Um, because I, I told Brittany, I was like, Brittany, if I ever have $9,000 to bet on a single game and I tell you, I bet on it because the star running back was born in September, you, you immediately cut me off from all of my money, like all of it. I should <laughs> yeah. not have access to any funds at all. Like oh how? My Lord. And I don't even care if this guy has millions of dollars in the bank. The fact that you would it openly admit that you make bets based off of astrological signs of players and what you think that means in a fo- in football game, you're in a goddamn embarrassment to anyone that bets on sports. Oh my God! Oh, what is uh What is Tom Tom Brady's astronomy sign? Or astrology, not yeah, astrology sign exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, like I just don't like. I I just it, it hurt me to hear that someone would like make a bet like that, and he's throwing down like hefty amounts of money on just the dumbest of fucking whims, and I'm like, dude. Listen, I understand that I probably would not even have as good of a record as you, but you telling me that your system is you picking astrological signs or like seeing astrological signs and then making your picks. The same thing as throwing darts at a board, dude. You're not doing anything special. You're just picking random teams and it happens to work out for you more than not. Like you don't have a system. You're just getting lucky. I will tell you that right now. So uh, yeah, that guy was, that guy was my bust. Um, I really hope people stop coming into my work. I've had one good conversation with someone around sports in my entire job. Um, and he wasn't even a Wells Fargo customer. He just came in to cash a check that was from our bank. Um, <laughs> and I was like, our customers don't know shit about sports and it hurts me to my damn core. So that's it. That's all I have. I was going to say too, I you know, specifically working at a bank. Yeah. Um, I, I never, I guess, really realized how many people come in, probably pull out cash and shit to place bets and yeah, stuff like that. So you probably get a lot of random guys. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So that's it for Booms and Busts. That wraps it up for episode 61. Um, like we said, very, very exciting week in uh, NFL coming up for us. Um, obviously, there's a lot of us stuff going on too. You know, NHL is going on, big UFC card, a couple big fights. Um NBA is in full swing. College basketball is in full swing. There's a lot going on right now. Um, so we will have more to talk about next week. Uh, so we'll keep you guys in the loop. Uh, hopefully next, next week should be more of a regular. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It should be like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. So it should be more of a regularly uh, timed episode, but 
As always, we thank you guys for the support, and we will catch you next week. Yeah, guys, love you. Thank you for the support. Um, we had a couple guys get kind of close, Travis and Casey, um, in the Instagram thing. Um, they had all their picks right, and they came down to like, you know, I think they were like four points off of the Rams and like six points off of the Cardinals ended up scoring or their score. Um, so hella close. But if you guys have not already, after listening to this, go ahead and place your guys' picks um, for UFC. You have to pick the exact fighter for the main card to win and how they're going to win. If you do that for all five, you guys will get a hundred bucks. So uh, make sure you guys go fill that out. And we'll talk to you guys next week.